1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host Dale Luganville. On this week's recap and rant, uh, it's New Year's week. Or, yeah, I guess you call it that. As I'm recording this, it is New Year's Eve. So, hey, woo, if you're here, listen to this. You made it. Another year in the books. On to 2020. Already starting out disappointed. There's no flying cars. I don't know what we're going to do about that. But, but, we do have super light lithium batteries for our flashers now. On ice flashers. And... That's almost as good as flying cars. <laughs> uh, I'm not paid by Amped Outdoors, but uh, I'm telling you guys, if you have a flasher and you're running gun, fisherman like I am, even if you're not, whatever, it's just less load. These things are so light. It every I'm still not used to it. Every time I pick up my my Vexlar, I think that that I forgot the battery or something. It's so light. It's so nice. I have a. Yeah, I need to replace my batteries on my other flashers for my my clients' flashers, definitely. So let's get to the recap. So I originally had planned for this weekend uh, family uh, Christmas gathering on my wife's side, but the weather and some uh, sicknesses that have been going around conspired to cancel that. And uh, while I love hanging out with my family, I was actually quite, uh, I wasn't mad at it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it allowed me to get out because we need next week, a week from, less than a week, because a week from this past Sunday is uh, our first event for Minnesota Made Outdoors, the Ice Fishing Tournament League. So uh, we need to scout, scout, scout as much as we can pre-fish. So we headed out to Chisago Lake and uh, amidst, Mm, questions of ice thickness, I guess. Um, we went and checked. We went slow, drove around. But there was a good, you know, 6 to even 10, 11 inches in some spots. And uh, so we were we were good there. Um, but we never did just run willy-nilly around the whole lake. We, you know, you can find. That's the thing with ice. You know, they always say 
you know, no ice is ever safe. And that's true. I mean, there's all sorts of different things that can, that can cause ice to be variable. You know, just a little bit of snow in one spot and not in the other can change the ice thickness by quite a bit. And uh, you could have a crack and there could be some water going down that crack and that erodes the ice. And so, you know, you can easily put a wheel in or a whole wheeler and definitely a pickup truck as uh, I will get to, I'll leave that for the rant aspect of this week's podcast. But uh, anyway, so we went around and we're eliminating water, basically. You know, it, and it, you hear that term a lot in tournament fishing, eliminating water. You know, you go to a place that you think, it's almost a gentle euphemism for that. Because you're going to a place you think has, that could potentially hold fish. And you go there and, and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. So when it doesn't, you're not like, oh crap, there's not fish here. You're like, all right, well, I don't have to worry about this part of the lake. This That is eliminating water. So on tournament day... Now, you're not left to, I wonder what's over there, or I wonder what's over there, or I wonder what's over there. You're checking off your boxes. You're like, this could potentially hold fish, but during pre-fishing, it did not. I'm not going to waste any time on there. I'm going to concentrate on areas where we found where we found fish. Now, those things can change day to day, um, so there is no guarantees on that. But, it's, you know, you're playing the odds, the odds game there. And, uh, yeah, we covered quite a bit of, of ice. Found a couple sp- good spots um, that held some better-than-average gills. But, man, we're still kind of stressing out about those crappies. The good news is, and, uh, you know, that seems to be the word on the street, unless they're being tight-lipped about it, I don't think anybody really has the crappies dialed in, at least not yet. Um, but, yeah, we still have some scouting left to do. So hopefully I can steal away some time either, you know, well, New Year's, Day, maybe tomorrow morning I might try to hit the lake or at some point in time hit the lake tomorrow um, and then Saturday morning for all day Saturday really I mean unless I have clients I'm going to have to really uh, use every bit of waking daylight to to scout and that's what we were going to do that was the plan for Sunday um, well Sunday I had a half day book I had a half uh, client's half day and that was awesome uh, we did really good so that private lake i told you about we secured our permission for that and uh that was great and he has a great access all the way down to the lake and out onto the lake and uh still so that lake holds some really 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 good crappies and it's not that far from the twin cities metro area so if anybody listening would like to get on that give me a call and i'll book a trip i can get you out there and get some quality quality crappies and you don't have to drive all the way to red lake <laughs> or Bermidji. Uh, so anyways, I digress. So I went out with uh, Dave and his son, Charlie, and it was a Christmas gift for Charlie. He was very excited about it. And this kid has got the fishing bug, and I'm going to tell you, he's got the it factor. Because I don't know how much experience he has with electronics, as it doesn't sound like they have electronics. No, I know they don't, because um, Dave asked me, he's like, you know, we talked about like what would be more important, getting a pop-up hub-style house, which I had set up with heat and everything. It wasn't that, well, it was raining off and on and misting, and there was a little bit of breeze. It wasn't really that cold, but I do have to remember that I'm in it all the time. I'm a little more acclimated to it, so I didn't think it was that bad. But I did bring the house. We set it up, you know, and I put some holes in there and had the heat going. So, And they did use it, you know, off and on, but we, we whole hopped around to stay on the fish. Um, but anyway, Charlie... 
I put that flasher on him, and I kind of gave him a, a quick lesson then, and we caught fish on it, and, dude, he just, next thing you know, he's just off on his own sticking fish, and uh, he's telling his dad how to do it, and it's, it was awesome, and he was super excited about it, and so his dad told me that he's very much into fishing, and he wants to, you know, do more fishing in the summer and get into, you know, maybe a, a school league or something at some point in time. Uh, I believe he's 12, so he's got a little ways to go with that but um that's awesome dude that that was like the the smiles on their face when we got in those crappies it was a quick morning bite and then it really kind of dropped off for late morning but that's pretty typical and but it man when we first got there though it was they were going they were snapping pretty good and it was fun they got some really good ones um i think 12 inches 12 inches was the the biggest one but for them that was you know they had never caught uh crappies that good so that made me happy seeing those smiles is what it's all about. The guide life for sure. Um, got some great pictures out of it and uh, shared those online. It's that was awesome. So that was pretty. That was pretty rewarding. I really enjoyed that. Hopefully, I get to fish them again. Um, so then the second half of the day, the plan was to go to Chisago and continue scouting. My partner Joel then calls me. He's like, what are you doing? Are you done? Or call me when you're done. So I called him and he's like, all right, I want to go fun fishing. I was like, dude, what? We have to scout. He's like, I know, but that lake is frustrating me and I just need to go somewhere to catch fish. I'm like, uh, okay. So we're going on an adventure. So we go to this lake in Wisconsin and he's like, I just feel like this spot over here, that should have really good gills in it, blah, blah, blah. So we end up going out there and not knowing that lake and you know I had the wheeler with but I said well let's just walk because it's been raining and there's just it it looks crazy unsafe because there's literally water standing on the ice and uh, probably freaking all my southern listeners out at this moment and uh, I, I get it <laughs> I get it but we walked out there and the ice was okay but it varied quite a bit I mean a lot much more on this lake than it did on Chisago and I'm there's a couple spots that was like mm, it's probably a good thing I didn't take the wheeler it probably could have been okay but it was it's on that iffy part and it's you know honestly it's just not worth it so and when the ice is like that with little to no snow it's wet your sled pulls like it's not even behind you i mean it's crazy so it's it, it's not a bad deal we got the ice cleats on get a good grip it's you're fine i mean it, it really was not hard and we walked quite a quite a ways over to the spot you wanted to check out drill that out we're cameraing we're you know, using the checking the depth of XLRs, and we're not really finding anything in the spot we thought we would. So he's like, oh, "Now what? Now we're getting frustrated." And we go to this other spot, we're not really finding anything there. So like, oh, they must just be basin fish. You know, we weren't finding the weeds that we wanted to find. We like to fish shallow. We like to find weeds, find panfish in the in the shallow weeds, but it just didn't seem to be in the cards on that lake. So we just start working our way out to the basin, get to the basin. Sure enough, start marking fish, start catching fish right away, and. Looking back on it, what I find hilarious is that we didn't go to Chisago to figure Chisago out because we were getting our ass handed to us. You know, not really ass handed to us, but, you know, we really had to kind of work at it, drill a lot of holes, do a lot of cameraing, and then we go somewhere and do that exact same thing. <laughs> but whatever, it was fun. We caught a lot of lot of fish, and then as it the, got later, the crappies really turned on and uh, brought a few home for a meal and... So it was kind of fun. Sometimes it is nice to just do a reset, even if, I mean, the whole reason Joel and I got into the tournament ice fishing is because that's how we fish for fun. So it's it, 
might not make sense to anybody else, but it makes sense to us. And because there was no pressure of having to succeed other than our own personal egos, um, it's just, it's a little vacation and you got to take a reset day for sure. Um, and I was going to do that, um, Monday, I planned on going out again, Monday morning to scout, uh, but it was still snowing. The roads are, were, you know, not the greatest. And these are all excuses. I'd fully admit right now they're excuses. I basically got lazy. However, I did need just a day of like doing nothing. I my, my legs were sore from, from work and from walking on the ice and mentally just tapped out and I was just getting kind of running myself ragged. So self-care is important. Um, you know, whether it's tournament fishing or guiding or whatever your occupation is, um, I don't have to tell you guys, you, you burn yourself, you know, you burn that candle on both ends and eventually it catches up to you. So it was a real, it was really, it was good. It was good to just, usually when I have a day like that, if I get lazy and don't do anything, I get real, I feel, start feeling really like stir crazy and, and lazy, but uh, that never set in. So it's like, I really needed that rest and it was a good thing, but now it's, it's crunch time. So now I'm re I'm rested up. I'm reinvigorated. I'm ready to hit it, figure it out. And uh, hopefully have a good showing this Sunday. So if you are not already following me on Facebook, you can follow me, Dale Luganville, on Facebook. Also on uh, Full Scale Outdoors on Facebook. And then Full Scale underscore Outdoors on Instagram. I'm on Snapchat. Um, also the other thing on Go Wild app, if you haven't done that, um, check that out. They sent me, or I send everybody just a little banner on top of the app. When you open it up, it says your year in review, and it has all the hours that you logged on uh, in the outdoors, and you know how many upvotes your your posts got, and this, that, and the other thing. A little little stats thing. It's kind of neat, and uh, I got to do a better job of logging my hours because I mean, on podcast alone, outdoor podcast listening alone should have been way higher than what I had logged in, but uh, that's fine. It's a really neat thing. I think I think everybody uh, listening to this actually would get a kick out of the Go Wild app. I am not paid to say that. I just really like it. So, sorry, drinking my morning coffee. It's not beer though, so that's something. Uh anyways, let's see what else. What else do I got for you? Oh yeah, that's my New Year's resolution. Is just to log more on the Go Wild app because I just don't really do New Year's resolutions. But that's it's a good goal, anyways. So there we go. Let's get to this week's rant. Uh, I'm going to keep it in the ice fishing realm. Um, We're going to kind of cover two things. One is um, ice safety. We just had here in Forsyth, I just saw like two days ago, there was a notification or a post by the Forsyth Police Department that a truck pulling a wheelhouse went through on Forsyth. Now, try not to be too harsh, harsh, but... Dude, if you're listening to this, sorry, bro, but you're a moron. That we were wondering if ice was safe enough for a wheeler in the general in the same general area, and you got a full size pickup truck out there with a wheelhouse, bro. Not, not smart. I mean, there couldn't have been 11 inches out there. I mean, I haven't been on Forest Lake, but there's no way that it has more ice than where we were at. And I've been seeing vehicles going through all over the state, and most of them have been in like kind of the southern two-thirds of the state on where there shouldn't be trucks driving. Like, I just don't, I don't understand. And this happens every year, you know, and then 
what ends up happening is those casual observers see this and they just think all of us fishermen are morons. And, you know, I get it from the wife all the time. Like, oh, we're driving on like, oh, is the ice safe enough? Yeah, it's, it's like if I'm going out there, I don't go out on a whim. I check it and, you know, always proceed with caution. You know, like I said earlier in the podcast, ice is never 100% safe. Things can happen. You have to pay attention. You know, you look at everything. If there's snow on the ice, is that snow wet over there? Is there possibly a crack? Can I go around it? Is there an ice heave? Is there, you know, if any any place you just see the ice kind of lift up for no reason is, is something to check. That doesn't mean it's always bad, but you should probably check it because it could be. Um, the good thing is when you get to a nice long sheet of ice and it's really even and it's consistent and you know one spot is good, generally speaking, you're going to be good anywhere that ice looks like that. So when you're out and about, you got to pay attention to details and just learning to read ice is just as important as what color jig you want. You know what? Actually, it's more important than what color jig you have on because what good is it if you fall through the ice or if you can't get to the, or, you know, you can't fish, you can have all the best jigs in the world, but if you can't get out on the lake safely, what good is it? So pay attention to those things, you know, just, is it thick enough? Don't just stop paying attention at that point. You know, how, how does the ice look? Is it clear? Because good clear ice, a lot of times, especially if there's no snow on it, it actually looks like the sketchiest ice from a distance because it basically looks like water. But that good, clear, glass-like ice that you can see right through, that is the best ice. That's the hardest, um, clearest ice. So pay attention. Is it white and cloudy? You know, that if there's enough of it, sure, it's fine. But that's not really all that, usually that strong of ice. You know, look at the cracks and, you know, when there's a pressure crack that goes through, you can see it'll, that'll kind of tell you, you can just look and see how thick the ice is by how deep that crack is without having to drill a hole. Those are things, is there a lot of bubbles in the ice that could, that could be evidence of a, of an underwater spring in the area. So just keep, always pay attention to what you're looking at and you file those things in, in your little bag of tricks, um, because as it pertains to fishing, I have found sometimes you have some clear ice, especially in really clear water, and then you have that cloudier ice or even little patches of snow. You can use that snow and that cloudier ice to your advantage. The fish can't see you walking around up there. They'll actually use it as, like, shade and cover um, if there's not weeds or, you know, other kind of cover available for them. So these are all, you know, just in general, when you're out and about fishing or hunting or whatever it is you're doing in the outdoors or pursuing, you got to pay attention to the little details details those will help you uh, put the whole puzzle piece together you know drilled holes did anything come up little bits of weeds come up in the water were there bugs in the area you know I mean every little detail that you can it's, it's just not as brainless as walking out drilling a hole putting your tent up and starting to fish you know if you want to be a better fisherman and I get it we're not all driven to you know be tournament fishermen or whatever and you just go out there and relax if you catch fish you don't if you do great that's fine. Um, I'm not saying like you're any kind of lesser fisherman or anything, but if you are somebody that wants to improve, you know, you're going to the ice shows and you're reading all the articles, you know, that's kind of something that a lot of people don't really talk about are those details that aren't necessarily directly, but yet are directly related to your success on the ice. Um, so just always be cognizant of those other factors. Um, you know, the time of day, temperature, barometer, those are all the, the ones that everybody talks about. But they don't really talk about 
other little things. Any anything that stands out of note, diff water clarity, you know, like I already said, the bugs, um, something casting a shadow, anything like that. It can, honestly can be anything you might think is a benign fact, but um, it probably feeds in one way or the other. So that's a two-part rant. I'm gonna get into um, a different thing. Just in general, is ice fishing. Uh, again, in the in the in the vein of keeping us in the good graces of those casual observers you guys you gotta pick up your trash you just you, every year i mean facebook is is loaded with the pictures and i've been guilty of posting them myself and you just because you just you don't know what to do you go out there and you just see shit laying all over the ice you're like what in the fuck dude i mean last year there was a whole chair out there i found empty propane bottles just laying on the ice you know, empty chew tin cans you know how do you a you're pissing in your own pool Right when you go out fishing, is that what you want to see? Is that I mean, if you went there to a virgin stretch of water and there was trash everywhere, how would you? You'd be like, "Oh, this place sucks." But then on your way out, you leave all that trash for somebody else. Like it just doesn't make any sense. And then if there's somebody out there that is not a nice fisherman, is not a sportsman, not an outdoorsman, and they're just taking their dog for a walk and they see all that trash, well, you give everybody a bad name doing that. I mean, they just think everybody's a, a backwoods redneck hillbilly. You know, ice fishermen doesn't give a shit about water quality or the environment or anything else. And and maybe you don't. Maybe you, you don't give a shit, but I'm telling you, you should because I know that that's not where you want to fish. You don't want to fish in trash. Nobody does. So pick up your shit. If you brought it out, take it back with you. The other thing I'll say is those of us that have the time, pick it up. If somebody didn't do that, just pick it up, throw it in your throw it in your your sled, and uh, just take it off the lake. I mean, it, it sucks um, because you're like, why do I have to do this? You know, it's that whole kid thing. You know, and, and as parents, if you have kids, you're gonna understand this. When you're like, hey, clean it up. I didn't do that. Little Billy did. I didn't, did I ask who did it? I just said clean it up. So you gotta clean it up. And hopefully, people don't take advantage of like, well, I can leave this here because somebody will come up behind me and and clean it up for me. I don't really think that's what's going to happen. But even if that is what happens, who cares? You know, take a little bit of trash off the lake. Everybody's going to have a better experience. Keep the waters clean. It's just more aesthetically pleasing to be out there and not seeing shit all over the ice. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Also, guys, don't throw your minnows in the lake. I'm still seeing people dumping their minnows back in the water. A- it's against the law in Minnesota to do that. B, you know, I, I know I go on my diatribes of, of spreading invasive species and stuff, but it's not, there's no reason to, like, not try to not spread them. And uh, don't worry about it. It's not going to waste. The crows will love you for it. It'll pick up all your dead fat heads and your suckers. It's not a big deal. So I wasn't wasn't planning on adding that to my rant, but there it is, and there you have it. So that's what I got today or this week for you. Uh, short and sweet. Yeah, so coming up this weekend, the first event, follow along. I'm sure we'll go live at some at the weigh-in for sure. We'll go Facebook Live. If you haven't already, follow Minnesota Made Outdoors on social media as well. I uh, appreciate that. Give them some love. And, uh, yeah, if you want to go out and catch some uh, nice, nice crappies, 
Some nice panfish. Let me know. I can put you on some fish. Give me a buzz. 612-209-5438. All right, everybody. That is this week's The Last Recap and Rant. The last podcast episode of any kind right here from Full Scale Outdoors podcast in the year 2019 on to 2020 in an election year full of all sort of bullshit i'm sure so you can expect some of my rants to probably touch on that politically um but whatever make sure you you get a hold of me on facebook or instagram send me a message whatever about uh anything subject you'd like me to talk about a guest you want me to try to get on the show anything like it could be anything like that so With that, I'm going to leave you with this. Whatever your passion is, follow that full scale. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.